Welcome again to It Doesn't Take a Genius, conversation with introspective perspectives and pithy points of view. Here are your hosts, my friends, Max and Marty. I think that's Mark and Mike. Yeah, whatever. Ramsey! Hello, Mike Marshall. How are you today? Man, I'm feeling very dignified. <laughs> well, that's so appropriate. So appropriate. I thought it was topical. Very excited <laughs> to be here on part three of three uh, as we uh, as we bring this conversation on Dignity Home. It's been fascinating because these have been uh, some of our longer episodes. Yeah. To me, it's one of the most difficult topics we've ever covered, and yet sometime, somehow we seem to talk a lot about it. <laughs> well, it, you know, I, I think that's why it goes on a little longer than we probably uh, would like it to, frankly, is just because it's we're, we're unpacking something that's so complex and, and frankly, personal. Um, but I hope uh, each episode has helped people understand, you know, there's there's something very practical about this as well. And that's why we're wrapping up with this one, which is, you know, sort of how to do it, how to how to do this dignity thing in the workplace or with your family or, or what have you. So um, I thought maybe we should start with a, a little bit of a just a quick recap of where we've been in the last two episodes. So um, it, dare I just jump in here since we know <laughs> that's a blazing saddles reference i got it uh yeah so uh, this is uh, mainly based on the material from donna hicks who is a harvard professor of international affairs and she's been involved in a lot of diplomatic efforts across the globe a lot of war zones conflict areas and and she's basically you know tried to do peace processes and she realized at some point I can't do anything until they deal with that tsunami of emotion that's under the bargaining table. Nothing works until that's dealt with. And what that, what that is, is basically dignity violations, people that got treated like uh, they didn't count, like they didn't matter. And so, she, you know, this is sort of her money quote from the book that we all want to be treated in ways that show we do matter, that we have dignity, that we have worth. And when we are not treated this way, we suffer. And so the idea behind the book is leading with dignity is basically, you know, that there are some things you have to do to honor others' dignity, which means you'll be honoring your own dignity at the same time. And everybody thrives under that situation. So um, go, go ahead, Mike. I, I no, know. I'm just thinking about, uh, you know, I was reading in the news where, where four out of 10 people are planning to change jobs yep. this year. You know, yep. four, you know, I think it was with April or June, 4 million people changed jobs. They had jobs and they went to other jobs. Yeah. And so when I read this, when I read this quote, all I can think of is probably this is 99% of why they're, this is happening. They, they want to yeah. go to a place that will treat them and show them that they matter. Right. And, and people now have the, 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 the economic wherewithal, the opportunity uh, to change jobs and do it rather easily, and they're making the leap uh, in droves. I, I had a car salesman. This has been, gosh, ten years ago plus. Who uh, was was decent, pretty good. Um, wasn't uh, really happy at the store he was at. Uh, it, I I wouldn't say it was the most progressive environment. Um, and he started working at a Zappos outlet. He's making less money. 
I mean, he's making less money. And I saw him there and he said, I will never leave. He says, I'm tickled to death here. And he was, I mean, like, you know, you saw him at work and he was like, he was thriving. Like he was doing a really good job for the company. They clearly valued him. Uh, th there's a lot to be said for this. It's, it's a big deal. Well, when you think about millennials and everybody talks about millennials and they're not loyal and they jump from job to job, uh, the reality is they'll stay if what Donna Hicks talks about is present. Yep. If they feel like they're matter, they matter and they feel like they have a, some sort of voice and that they're appreciated for more than just being a pair of hands, yep. then lo and behold, they'll stick around. You, you nailed it. You the absolutely nailed it. Yeah, and, and if they don't get it, they leave quickly. Right. <laughs> not just leave. They may not even tell you. Yeah, yeah. They'll go to lunch. They won't come back. Right. <laughs> yeah. and, and then you'll be left with the manager sitting around going, these young people just don't want to work. Right. No, no, it's you. Right. It's you. You know. Look in the mirror first, right? Yeah. Oh, it's mirror. so painful. Uh, but yeah, so this is this is exciting, you know, and, and like you said at the beginning, it, it seems like such a big kind of vague topic. But when you when you get into it, you realize there are practical applications and we're seeing the consequence, both good and bad, of this being present and not being present. That's it. And, and so just to put a button on this whole, uh, you know, sort of review in the first episode, we talked about 10 very practical elements of ways that you can honor dignity honor the dignity of the people around you and yourself, by the way. Some of these are, are about yourself. Um, and then episode two, we talked about these 10 temptations to violate dignity. And, and usually that boiled down to self-preservation, me taking care of my needs before I took care of your dignity, which was the big no-no. And sometimes, again, it's not taking care of my own dignity, staying in a situation where my dignity is being violated because of a paycheck or, or what have you. Moving on from that, moving on from that. So, um, so these 10 elements of honoring dignity, these 10 temptations to violate dignity, and where we kind of left it last time was uh, with this adorable picture of, of my daughter. I guess I should point out that I have an adorable picture of my whole family behind me, Mike, you know, just for what it's worth. I mean, yes, you yeah, know. you should have changed your family name to adorable. Right. <laughs> like Mark Harrison, adorable. Yeah. I, you know, I see the logic there, honestly, but that was mainly because I prayed that all my kids would look like my wife and not me because I was having some girls and I just kept imagining myself in a skirt and a wig and how awful that would be for that poor kid. Anyway, long story short, we wrapped up the discussion last time talking about uh, babies and, and how, you know, babies are vulnerable and Donna Hicks's point is that that's the real key is like you have to connect with that vulnerability uh, because we're all vulnerable. We can all get hurt. And if we treated each other like a baby, not, not as in uh, you baby somebody, but as in handle with care, you know, we, we would never not handle a kid with care. The same sort of applies here. We're, we're all vulnerable. We all have something that could be violated in us and let's handle each other with care. Now that sounds hippy dippy, um, but but let me let me spell out where she's sort of going with this because she makes the point that it's kind of a mindset issue. It's it's a it's what she calls dignity consciousness. She says it's the three C's, three connection points. You have to connect with your own dignity. You have to go ahead and realize that you're worth something. 
Uh, you have to connect to the dignity of others, right? If you don't do that, you're just a, you know, displaying as a narcissist. And you have to connect to the dignity of something greater than yourself, or, or you're going to lack meaning and purpose. And we'll get to that um, as we get farther into this. But, but you see the point here, connect, connect, connect. You have to make these connections with these things inside each of us that are vulnerable, that could be hurt and, and make a connection point with that person. So I'm, I'm going to get into that, but um, I, th this, is, this is one of her money slides, I think. It, it's, it, this just seems so basic, right? Like connect, okay, connect with things. But she's making a point here that each person that you interact with has that vulnerability thing that you can connect with them about. Mm -hmm. Well, and, and as I look down the list, I think the I think the order matters. Uh huh. So I'm thinking of the the airline uh, flight attendant instructions. If you're traveling with a small child or someone acting like a small child, right. put your oxygen mask on first. Right. And so, yeah, you can't help anybody uh, if if you're not connected to your own dignity. She puts self-care into this book as well. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a part of the training that she takes uh, organizations through when she teaches this concept. And, and so, you know, for, for those that are maybe still saying, I'm not sure I'm seeing the practical applications here. I've got a quote from Patrick Lencioni, uh, his book, The Five Dysfunctions of a Team. I, I think it's the best book on teamwork I've ever read. I've said that before on this podcast. But the quote is about vulnerability. And he says, uh, th this is about that base level dysfunction that if you can't overcome the absence of trust, you have a serious problem. Uh, you'll, you'll never build teamwork from it. And he says, employees who can't trust their leader to be vulnerable are not going to be vulnerable and build trust with one another. It's just not gonna happen unless you reach that connection point of vulnerability with each other. You've got to open up and and uh and and share with each other about you know what what's really going on if you don't do it you'll never have teamwork so there's one practical application of this whole thing is you're going to get teamwork out of this or or better said you'll never get teamwork if you don't at least honor dignity mm -hmm. well and was it it was a is a harvard business review article but I, I can't remember if it was in donna's book or another book they talked about uh, they were building the world's largest offshore oil drilling platform. Oh, I, I, that's that, uh, that's that NPR show. Um, oh, I can't remember the name of it. That's such a good episode. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. Well, it came out of a book. I don't, it may have yeah. been a Simon Sinek book and where they, you know, the, the, the lady called up the guy who was going to head yeah. it up and said, like, if you want the most highest producing safest platform in the world, then we need to have your your team members need to talk with each other and become vulnerable, right? And these are all you know you know the hard hat oh you know offshore oil drilling the most macho of macho yeah. you know guys yeah. on the planet, and somehow she was able to convince him to do that, and so they had these meetings where they truly got to know each other at a, at a very deep level, and and they were vulnerable with each other, and because they were vulnerable with each other at, at, a, at a personal level. They were able to be vulnerable from a from a work level, and they were able yeah, to like say, oh, there's a problem here. I yeah, think the yeah, machine this, might be broken. Yeah. yeah, this isn't going well. I don't know exactly how to do what you've just asked me to do. Right. You know, and and lo and behold, yeah, the, the thing produced more and had the best safety record uh, of any offshore oil drilling platform 
and they and it had the worst or one of the worst i mean it was i mean they had literally seen people uh torn to a pulp on this platform yeah Just, yeah yeah it's not uncommon for serious injury or death to occur right and because they started with okay we've got to get people to trust each other and be vulnerable and if they'll do that then the work will go better yeah like, yeah you know in that order <laughs> yes well i had this conversation with some some sales leaders the other day and we were talking about uh, you know do you know your employees why and, mm -hmm. and you know why are they here and everybody goes they're here for the money you know yeah. the sales people they're here for the money no, no, they're not here for the money. They're here for what the money represents. Yeah. And do you know what the money represents? And when you ask people, they'll, they'll tell you, you know, the money represents just achievement. It's, it's de a demonstration of my mastery of this craft. The, the money means that I, my wife and I can get out of an apartment and buy our first house. Money means we'll be financially secure enough to start our family. That's it. And so once you understand that and you try and, and then you begin to help people achieve their why, right. then all of a sudden, all the things that you would hope for in a, in a high engaged, you know, team member starts to come to fruition. Yeah. Magically that happens. And, and you can't fake that is, is the other side of that. It, it, it they'll, they'll smell manipulation a mile away. You have to actually go here with them. Um, I, I should bring up Chick-fil-A. I mean, this is, you know, the, the other money-making proposition here. Chick-fil-A trains all of their people. Uh, the onboarding involves this video that a lot of our clients are, are very familiar with. Uh, Every life has a story and you can uh, find it on YouTube. I think we've linked to it in the show notes. Um, but, you know, it's, it's basically uh, just a, a, a camera sweeping through a Chick-fil-A and customers employees, managers all have little bubbles that pop up over their shoulder, little little uh, things of text that tell their inside stories, things that are going on for them, uh, good or bad, uh, some tragic, some, you know, heartbreaking, uh, some not so much, uh, but everybody had something going on. There was something that if you just knew that, you would have treated them with a little more kindness that day and not been frustrated with them or impatient with them or violated their dignity, in other words. Um, so Chick-fil-A makes more money per square foot than I think all the other fast food restaurants. They seem to be doing okay with this model. Yeah. And they do it, uh, 52 weeks a, a year less. Right. So <laughs> there's that. Yeah. Yeah. When you think about, you know, that, that, that concept, uh, you know, you hear it talked about on social media that, yeah, everybody you meet is dealing with something of which you know nothing. You don't know about it. And yeah. so just assume that's the case and be kind yep you know just 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 treat them with care because yeah you know and it's interesting you know you you'll hear people say yeah i wish i could be like so and so they've got it all together mm -hmm. uh, you know everybody else is dealing with stuff so much better than me and, right. and 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 you know we have a saying in our house the the only normal people are the ones you don't know very well yeah and as soon as you would get to know them, if you would get to know those people who you believe have it all going on, you'll suddenly discover that they're dealing with stuff. It's not the same stuff, right? but there's things that are tough in their lives that they're dealing with. That's right. Of which you have no idea. 
That, that's exactly right. And so, yeah, everybody's dealing with something. Well, you, you've brought us, you know, all the way back around to the real theme here is connect with that, you know, connect with that, uh, that dignity. You know, there's, there's something about that person that's worth it. And, and I uh, brought this up uh, in the last session, but I, I won't go through this whole thing again, but Homer's The Iliad, you know, one of the oldest epics we have just goes right along with Chick-fil-A and Patrick Lencioni. Um, you know, basically, uh, Achilles is this almost invincible hero. Uh, he, he has a, the Achilles heel where he knows he can be wounded. And um, in, in some of the stories, he's very aware that he will get glory and die young uh, because of, of how he's invincible, except for that spot. And he, it's a long story, but he violates the corpse of somebody who killed his best friend and the father of that former uh, person, that, that uh, corpse that he's dragging around, comes and begs for his son's body. He says, let me bury my boy. And the way he's able to make that connection with him is basically to say, um, you know, uh, remember your own father, because I'm having to bury my son, just like your father is going to have to bury you. And that's the moment that breaks through. That's the connection point. Um, so, so as far back as the Iliad, you know, we, we have this kind of uh, 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 empathy moment, um, making a breakthrough between individuals. Um, and, you know, I, I would go all the way back to uh, the dawn of creation with this too. You know, the, the book of Genesis uh, makes a point of saying that um, at, the, at the pinnacle of creation, everything else has been made. We're at this high point, And the high point is that God creates man in his image. In the image of God, he created them, male and female, he created them. And the idea there being, you know, look out because you're walking around on the street and in your house and at work with a bunch of people that bear the image of God. So if you violate them, you're violating God's image. That's, that's, that ought to give us pause. So now we're connecting with something bigger than ourselves, right? Because just the very fact that I'm honoring your dignity is, is a way of me uh, giving um, honor to God. So uh, those are thoughts from the Western tradition, the Judeo-Christian tradition, uh, just to kind of wrap up this section, but uh, just the idea of, you know, it, you're going to have to connect with these, these uh, dignity uh, elements, uh, these, uh, and they're, they're vulnerable, you know, it's weird, it's weird to go there, uh, but making those connection points uh, is, is the key to this whole thing unlocking. Oh no, you're, you're spot on, and 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 your examples are so much better than mine, because all I'm thinking of is is as I'm reading from the book of the comedian George Carlin, <laughs> right? So at some point George Carlin said, "Those who dance are considered insane by those yeah. who can't hear the music." Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so yeah, we, you know, and so yeah, I see you moving strangely. Yeah. And if I don't hear the music, it looks really weird. But once yeah. I hear the music and I know that you're, 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 you're dancing to the beat of something that I previously couldn't hear, all of a sudden it makes perfect sense. You, you know, and I think that's why the Chick-fil-A video, for those who haven't seen it, um, is so powerful because it, it almost forces you to look at some, some people's music, to, to listen to their music. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, again, that's really painful. I was at a store one time where there were two brothers who worked at the store and they were they were just really sarcastic, hard, uh, thick-skinned, hard uh, hard characters. 
and um, you know the the first person one of the characters has a, a, a I think a parent who died or went through a divorce and they just looked at each other and said well he just needs to get over that <laughs> and uh, you know it's like okay uh, but then I heard their story you know they've, they've got some things going on it's possible they didn't want to get vulnerable and open up and say you know yeah I've been an alcoholic for you know 30 years and all the things that spilled out, who knows what their family situation was, et cetera, et cetera. All of this is kind of painful, but yeah, it, it's, it, would you be willing to hear somebody else's music, right? Would, would you be willing to get vulnerable with that person and, and make that connection point or see how you might've hurt somebody at that connection point? That's where this is all coming from is a mindset of that dignity consciousness. Well, yeah, I mean, it's one of those things where you think everyone should handle things like you do. So right. like, like in this instance, I had tremendous pain and I drank it away. <laughs> Why isn't everyone doing this? <laughs> you know, is, is there not a liquor store near his house? You we know, can self-medicate. Right. Yeah, I found a coping system. Right. You should too. You know, it's like, maybe a we're not all the same and b your system's not all that good <laughs> right. just saying we could find it we could find an alternative for you yeah yeah uh, well so a, a couple practical things here one is uh and, and this is a, a quote from scientific american uh that uh, donna hicks uses in her book but just the idea that action is a bigger deal than the intent and so the quote is this, uh, was someone hurt by something? Was there a negative outcome? Did someone suffer? If so, that is what is important. Whether the perpetrator meant to cause the harm is not. So you, you don't get a pass on this by saying, hey, that's not what I meant, You know what I intended to have happen. No, the person's hurt. The dignity has been violated. There's going to have to be some restoration done. And, and again, going back to the war zones that Donna Hicks worked in, you don't get past anything until you get past that. You, you have to deal with that before you move on to anything like, I don't know, a discussion about raises or new pay plans, or are we going to follow this process at the office? None of that matters until this is dealt with, or you're bringing it with you to all the discussions. Yeah, I mean, this actually, this happened to me last week. So hmm. I was facilitating a workshop and I divided the, the room up into groups and, and all the groups, but one was multiple people, like two to three people. And so they were presenting to the larger group and one group was just one person. Hmm. And, and I knew this person was uncomfortable, you know, speaking in front of groups. Hmm. And so it was one of those things where it, the, the, the train was rolling right before I, when it finally dawned on me how this was going to work out, mm. it was too late to change it. So as the person got up and presented, I, I tried to stay as close to them as possible, support them through the thing. And then later on, when we broke for lunch, I just went to him and said, Hey, I'm sorry. I know how hard that was for you. Mm. And that I created that situation and I didn't do it on purpose. And huh. he's like, like no i know you didn't do it on purpose that's just literally how it, it, it worked out mathematically and but, but it still she, sucked <laughs> yeah it was awful you know and and but she was she was so i don't know appreciative thankful that i went that and acknowledged yeah i acknowledged yeah. that 
yeah, I messed up and I'd created some pain and discomfort in a, in a human being. And I was profoundly sorry. Yeah, that, that's it. That's and, it. And, and, you know, I, I've got a story that I can't tell where I didn't do that. I can't tell the story because it's got too many uh, identifiable uh, markers in the story where uh, it would just, yeah, I, I just can't, I wouldn't be able to keep people anonymous and tell this story, but I didn't do that. I didn't pause long enough. I, I tried to just honor the request that was thrown in my face by somebody whose dignity I violated. And I tried to just honor the request and move on without saying, I'm so sorry. I just recognize that I put you in discomfort. And, and it cost me about five to six hours of one of my client's owner's time because this person went and basically uh, complained about me for that long. Mm -hmm. it, was a, it was a painful, painful experience. And I'll try really hard to never do it again. Um, and, and what's funny is that some people took my side that had been a part of the conversation. I was like, the more I thought about it, I was like, no, I screwed up. I just skipped over the stage where I had to look that person in the eye and say, I am so sorry. I did not mean to offend you, you know, basically. Mm -hmm. So this is a big deal. This is that, you know, if you have a dignity consciousness, if you're willing to connect with other people, you'd connect with them long enough to go, Oh, they're hurting. Whoops. Let me go. Let me go see what I can do about that. And that's a good uh, example of the kind of things we're talking about in, in Donna Hicks's book. These are her essential skills. She says these are the things that you have to master. And, and some of these we've covered, some of them we've danced around, but uh, basically the list is this. Honor your own dignity and others' dignity. So it's basically applying those 10 elements and, and honoring those 10 elements in the first uh, session we did. Defend your dignity with skill and humanity when necessary. Now that's talking about yourself. And again, part of the 10 elements and some of those temptations to violate are about when you're, you, you get violated. Um, and then a little more granular here, give, receive, and ask for feedback, uh, resolve conflict with dignity, and take responsibility for violating the dignity of others. Again, one of the uh, things we looked at was, you know, accountability, being accountable for uh, your actions and what you say you're going to do to change your behavior and so on. And that's, that's a lot of what you're seeing in that final bullet, taking responsibility, some ownership there. Um, but the, the middle ones maybe are the ones that will be most intriguing to people about giving, receiving, and asking for feedback and resolving conflict. Um, I, I guess, Mike, I want to just give you a chance seeing these five bullets here. Uh, given the ground we've covered over these three sessions, um, is there anything here that really resonates with you? Well, I think the you know the first one. I, I think we have to we have to start at the beginning of you know honor your own dignity. Yeah, and and we talked about this in the last episode, standing up for yourself, uh, you know, pointing out to others when your dignity has been violated, right, and seeing how it goes, uh, you know, and. Uh, I learned this lesson. I was I was working construction and you know get my way through college. So summers I worked construction, and we just had I had this abusive boss. I mean he was just a jerk, mm -hmm. and and he would just belittle me and constantly. And finally, one of the other guys who'd been on the you know they'd worked for this guy for years. He goes he goes you have to stand up to him. Mm -hmm. If you never stand up to him, this will continue and it will get worse. Yeah. 
And so, and you know, I was raised, you know, you respect your elders, respect the boss, don't talk back. <laughs> you know, and, and right. so I had this huge conflict. And when I finally got to the point where where I just said, hey, you're not going to talk to me that way anymore. Mm-hmm. We're not going to do that. I'm not going to respond to you. It's done. Mm-hmm. And he got this big smile and he went, okay. <laughs> <laughs> he was so happy. And I worked for him for two more summers and never had a problem. You wow. know, but, but yeah, it was just, but it was so difficult and it was, it went yeah. against so many other teachings that I had had yeah. that conflicted with it, that, that standing up for your own dignity uh, just just didn't feel like you were supposed to do that when they, the it was an authority figure. Right. So, and so, but yeah, I was like, okay, sometimes you just have to say, I'm not going to do that anymore. Well, and, and look, Mike, that was good for him and you both apparently, right? And, and I'm thinking of Henry Cloud's book, Boundaries. Um, <laughs> you know, he had a follow-up, Necessary Endings. You know, just the idea that, hey, look, there's a line being drawn here. It's as much for your sake as mine. When you act that way, I, for my sake and yours, that's the end of it. I, I, I'm not going to be able to proceed with you. I'm not going to respond to that. I'm not going to do what you say, you know, fill in the blank what that boundary is for you. That's a lot of what this is. Mm-hmm. Oh, definitely. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it, it was. And now that you say that, yeah, it was good for, for that, you know, for the boss. And it was, it was good for me. This is like back to the future now that I think of it. Like, you know, you, you didn't punch the bully. Yeah. You know, but it, I mean, he did get happy. I'm just saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I changed Biff's <laughs> life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, but, but yeah, you, you, it's one of those things where, yeah, hopefully along the line, you, you learn these lessons. And, and, the, and some of the, you know, and the list that we've covered has been helpful. Uh, because we've got, you know, the elements of dignity and then the, the ways that dignity is violated. And so, yeah. and so reading through this list and thinking about different interactions that you have in your life could be incredibly eye-opening for, for folks. I know, I know they have been for me. Right. I, I have to tell, excuse let me try to get rid of my hick accent for a second there. I have to tell, not tail, uh, but I'm going to tell you a quick story. Um, I had a young technician who who sort of did what you did. He walked back into the to the boss. The service manager spouted off at him, and um, and he told me later. He said it just really rubbed me the wrong way because I realized what he had said about me. And so he walked back into the manager's office later in the day and said, "Hey, you know what you said earlier? That really hurt because what you basically said is that." you know, I'm just in it for the money and I don't actually care about my job. And I mean, that was all he had to say. And the manager just like sat back and said, you're, I mean, he, he, the manager told me, he said, I rolled over immediately because he was a hundred percent right. I saw it as soon as he said, it. it's like, oh my gosh, I never in a million years intended for you to hear that. I did say that. I'm sorry. Right. See, see the difference there. Like I didn't intend to say that. That's not what I meant. No, he said, I'm sorry. I, that was hurtful. And I shouldn't have said it that way. Um, guess who's like a star employee now, you know, guess, guess, guess which manager and employee have a really good relationship. Now this kind of stuff matters, uh, because if you don't deal with it, you don't get past it. So right. this guy was able to give feedback in the moment in a risky, risky way. Um, and the other guy was able to receive feedback. If you want bonus points, go into asking for feedback. 
And we've talked about this before, you know, the uh, one of the little lines that we've learned to use is, um, you know, what could I be doing more or less as your manager, more of or less of as your manager? What would you like more of or less of out of me as your manager? Something along those lines. And uh, it just gives people a forum, an opening to, to go there. It's not personal. It's about the, the behavior, not the person's dignity, right? Your worth isn't tied up in the behavior, but you want the behavior to be good so that you can honor other people's dignity and keep your own. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, so powerful. So yeah, yeah, the simple question uh, that maybe unearths this conflict, you know, so what's on your mind? Right. <laughs> and they're going to give you an answer then, you know, as we've learned from uh, the coaching habit, you know, and what else? That's right. And That's all of a sudden, right. we may get to that deeper conversation that allows us to surface some stuff that, that's truly the obstacle to us moving forward and performing at a higher level. I, I, I think that's a great summary of what we're talking about here. So I, I will, um, just to, to close us out, this may be dangerous, but Mike, I'm going to do this. We'll see how this works. We just this week uh, have had um, Simone Biles uh, bow out of the uh, Olympics uh, uh, contest that she was in. And um, there have been several posts that have gone viral. Some have been kind of ugly about, you know, oh, this shows that, you know, America's raising weaklings and so on and so forth. And this gentleman named Byron Heath on Facebook, he's with the uh, Idaho Digital Learning Alliance. He has this uh, post where he says he went back and, you know, looked at the, the Olympic uh, dream team from, I, th- I think it was the 96 Olympics, I can't remember, the one with Carrie Strug where she nailed that ending with a hurt foot and um, they, they won the gold and, and so on and so forth. And he, he said, you know, you, you go back to the coach and ask what he said. And he basically said, you know, she said, I don't think I can do this, I'm, I'm hurt. And he said, I need one more, we need one more. And, and she went and did it. And at the time it seemed really patriotic and yes, you know, go America. Well, I didn't realize it cost her her career. And so Byron Heath is basically saying, we're, we're not cool with that, are we? Like, like it's not okay that we do that. Um, and so he says, uh, please don't sacrifice your emotional or physical well-being for our entertainment or national pride, Simone. And, and that's, that's sort of, you know, maybe a good place for us to wrap up here is, you know, is an athlete's well-being more important than national pride? Is an employee's well-being um, more important maybe than, you know, how much money we make this month or how many cars we sell or, or so on and so forth. And, and again, this is old stuff. Plato uh, talks about this in the Republic that, you know, some, uh, some of our desires um, are, you know, pretty basic and, you know, it's, we just need money so we can get food and drink and sex and so on. You know, that's one of the ways he describes how people can operate. But there's another part of us that it's our passions and we want power, we want success, we want fame, we're we're competitive. And Plato says the philosophers should be the ones who are actually in charge of things because they're the ones that, you know, at their at their their core of their soul, their intellect, they want to know the truth of things. And and what do we mean by the, the truth of things? Well, that food, the drink, the sex, the gold medal. The competition, all of that, that's going away. But the truth of things is, he says, it's a love of the reality, which is eternal. 
and in love with reality as a whole, these people are. You know, if you're if you're at your core a philosopher, if you're a lover of wisdom, what that means is that you are in love with reality, which is eternal. And now we've circled all the way back around, right? We're talking about things that last, the things that last. And, and the argument that we're making here is basically souls last, people last, they're worth treating with dignity. That's the kind of thing that you can love and not have any second guesses that, you know, it, it it's worth violating it because, oh, I'll get a gold medal or, oh, I'll get a raise or whatever it is that you're going after. Treating people with dignity will always matter. So, well, and as we've talked about, you know, there's tremendous upside to it for, for both That's parties. That's right. That's right. And so the, 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 the businesses that I have that, you know, somebody gets cancer, somebody in their family gets cancer, gets sick, has an issue, and those businesses that say, take as long as you need, and even though they don't yeah. have to, they continue to support that, that, that team member. That's right. Uh, yeah, those team members come back and, and and they tell and retell the story as they continue to work and produce for that business for years to come. They they make lifelong employees that way. I I literally just had a, a manager tell me that that uh, had a loss in the family. Uh, his uh, owner of the business showed up and uh, wrote a card and. The card got passed around to every family member, and he said, I, I've had problems here before, but I'm going to tell you, I'm a 30-year employee now. Uh, is this, this stuff's real. And, and we put it up here, a, a quote from Simon Sinek's The Infinite Game, infinite, eternal, kind of goes together here. Uh, but he basically talks about how um, you know, he, he wants to help people uh, to uh, replace uh, the status quo with a reality that is a reality that is vastly more conducive to our deep-seated human need to feel safe, to contribute to something bigger than ourselves, and to provide for ourselves and our families. And, and those are all the things we just talked about. So uh, here's a business book talking about seeing it from that big picture perspective, that long, 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 infinite term perspective. That's what this is about. This is, it's more, it's more than money. It always has been. Yep. Yeah, the, uh, the, the great and successful leaders, businesses have that clearly defined purpose motive. Yeah. Here's, what, here's, what we're, here's how we're trying to change the world, or at least our little corner of it. Right. And, and if it's clearly articulated and, and, and it's authentic and we're all working towards it, uh, then yeah, everything else becomes very, very simple. That, that's it. That's absolutely it. Well... We've talked a lot about dignity for three sessions, yes. and I appreciate you humoring me when I get on these tangents, Mike. It's my pleasure. I've learned a lot, uh, <laughs> both about the topic and myself, so that's that's always a great thing. And I did, too. Uh, well, good. You know, it, this is how this always works. You, you add stuff that I go, oh, yeah, I was excited about this concept, and you're pointing out some practical things about it that I hadn't even thought of yet. That's what I love about this. It, it truly works. And you, and you know who's now truly enlightened? <laughs> You're really yes. pushing it this time. Yes, yes. Our enlightened, highly dignified practitioner. Uh, yes, our announcer. Oh. Uh... And that, I guess, is that. It doesn't take a genius. No rights reserved, nothing trademarked, copyrighted, or even original. Feel free to give it to anyone. 
anytime using any and all media formats. Warning, Mark and Mike may or may not make another one. I'm your announcer, and I did not get paid a nickel to do this. They won't even let me tell you my name. So until next time, if there is a next time, stay safe, be well.